Uh, so for those of you in this room, uh, it's great to have you guys, and we're excited to be able to share God's Word with you. And those of you online, it's great to have you as well. Um, and so we're excited about today. Today's going to be a great day as we celebrate baptisms together, and um, I'm excited. Uh, so I want you guys to open up your Bibles to uh, Exodus chapter 14, and uh, I'd love to hear the pages turning or your, uh, your phones uh, clicking. Um, it's going to be on the screen, but that's, if we're honest, that's the lazy way, right? Uh, we want you guys as followers of Jesus to be in, in the Word, in the Bible. And so um, if we haven't met, my name is Josh, uh, just so we can introduce ourselves real quick. And uh, today's going to be a great, great day. Um, let me uh, pray for us, and then we'll jump into God's Word together, all right? God, thank you for today. Thank you uh, for another day to live, another day to uh, celebrate you and to, to bring glory to your name, another day to make a difference for you. And God, we, we celebrate with those who are taking the step of baptism today. We pray that you will bless and encourage them. And um, we thank you for this mission trip. We pray that you'll provide abundantly. We know that you will. Um, we pray that you'd fill us and build our faith today. That's what we need. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, today's message is called Through the Waters. Through the Waters. And uh, here's kind of the main idea for today's message, that God often saves us through something and not from something. Right? Our prayer is that God, please, uh, please save me from it. Right? <laughs> Oftentimes that's our prayer. I don't want to go through hard things. Please save me from difficult things. Uh, if we're in school and we have a test coming up, our prayer would be, God, please help me not have to take this test. But God oftentimes saves us through the trials and not from the trials. Uh, Paul was given a challenge by God. And Paul prayed to God, God, please take away this challenge, right? Please take this from me. But what was God's response? My, no, I, I'm not going to take it from you, but my grace is sufficient for you. Jesus, in the garden as he was facing death on the cross, prayed, God, if it's possible, let this cup pass, what? Pass from me, but not my will, but yours be done. God often saves us through something and not from something. So what I want to challenge us to think about today is, is God, not save me from the challenges that I'm going through right now, but God, save me through them. What I want to encourage you to do is to not run from the challenges that you're facing, but to lean into those, to allow God to help you to grow through them. Um, I, my wife is amazing as far as uh, finding deals, she buys things on Facebook Marketplace. She sells things. It's incredible. Uh, I maybe am not the most supportive when it comes to like uh, exercise equipment that she wants to buy uh, and things like that. But she did buy something recently that was pretty amazing. Um, I'll show you the first the first purchase. Um, this is not the amazing part. The next one that I'm going to show you is the amazing part. But these are two pound weights. All right, Joshi. Uh, you would have no trouble with these two-pound weights, man. You, you've got it going on. Uh, but if I want to work out and get stronger, these two-pound weights are not going to do a whole lot for me, right? Unless I'm maybe juggling them or something. Uh, two-pounders, 
is not going to do a lot to strengthen me. But she bought something that's pretty, pretty amazing. I love even just the, uh, the design concept of these things. There's these weights right here. And this is a, a combination of things where you can slide this little slide right here, and you can adjust it to whatever weight, and it's not going to work because I'm holding it up right now, but you can adjust it to whatever series of weight you want, and it goes all the way up to 25 pounds uh, per side, all right? So if I keep stacking the weights, you guys getting impressed yet? <laughs> okay, if I, I don't, don't, we don't have enough room for everybody to flock if I do that too much, but... Um, but, but if we want to grow, if we want to improve, if we want to get better, we want to get stronger, we have to keep throwing on the weight. We have to keep adding the weight, correct? Okay, thank you. Thank you for those of you who are thinking about responding. Yeah, correct. Okay. I'm out of breath. That's bad. Okay. <laughs> I need to get putting on, putting on stacking more weights. But what happens in trials and what God is doing in trials is God wants to strengthen us, right? God wants... Thank you. Okay. Well... <laughs> Let's get all this out right now. God wants to strengthen us. So we, we don't want the pain of the challenge, but God wants the progress that's going to come through the challenge. Does this make sense? So God, as we pray, God, please take these things from us. Oftentimes, God doesn't take them from us, but he grows us through them. So don't pray that, God, please remove this challenge from me. Pray, God, please strengthen me through this challenge. Please strengthen me through this process. See, pain and difficulty and challenge is a catalyst for progress. God wants us to grow, so in love, he gives us things. So that's why we read things in scripture like this, not on the screen, but just some things. This is from Hebrews. Uh, the writer of Hebrews reminds us that we are not of those who shrink back um, and are destroyed, but we're of those who have faith and preserve our souls. Uh, Paul reminds us we're hard-pressed, but we're not abandoned. Like, there's difficult things that come, but they're not to our detriment. They're to our betterment. God is making us stronger so we can fight better and we can come through brighter. So God saves us through hardship, not from hardship. God saves us through pain and not from pain. So what I want to read now from Exodus chapter 14 and this is where we get the title, Through the Waters. And I'm going to read a whole chapter. And I'm going to do this because I know that you guys are able to handle it. And not only that, um, there's something powerful about the spoken word of God, right? So we're just going to enjoy uh, hearing God's word read out loud in the public gathering of believers. So Exodus chapter 14, and we're going to read starting in verse 1. This is the story of the Israelites and the crossing of the Red Sea. Um, it says this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi-Hiroth, between Migdal and the sea. And they are to encamp by the sea directly opposite of Baal-Zephon. Pharaoh will think that the Israelites are wandering around in the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all of his army. And the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So Israelite did, the Israelites did this. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We've let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he and his chariot had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. 
He took 600 of the best chariots along with all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pi-Haroth, opposite of Baal-Savan. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there, the Egypt, there were the Egyptians marching after them. They were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? So God was trying to rescue and deliver them. And they said, God, leave us alone. We don't want the deliverance that you're trying to offer. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to have served the Egyptians than to die in the desert. But Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians that you see today, you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff. Stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they will go in the water after them. And I will gain glory through the Pharaoh and all of his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord, when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who had been traveling in front of Israel's army, withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of cloud also moved in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided. The Israelites went through the sea on dry ground and with a wall of water on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, let us get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them. Then the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand over the sea so the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing forward toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh that followed the Israelites into the sea, none of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. When the Israelites saw the mighty hand of God displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and Moses, his servant. I know that's a lot to take in, but it's a powerful story. And my message title, like I shared, is Through the Waters. Through the Waters. God saves Israel through the water, through the Red Sea. And uh, today is such a great day. We're going to be celebrating baptisms together, and I'm excited about that. But this is a great backdrop uh, for that celebration. 
God's word is so amazing to me. What I want to do just for the next few minutes is I just want to let this chapter speak for itself. I just want to pull some things out of this chapter that God himself says in his word. And here's, I guess, the challenge. Um, If we were playing catch right now, like if I had a football or something in my hand, and if I threw the, the ball to you, what is your responsibility? To catch it, right? Or you could just let it fall, and I, at that point, we're not playing catch, right? So I'm going to share some things. This is a battle for truth in your heart and your mind. I'm going to share some things that are like, it's like a, I'm throwing the ball. Here's some things that are true that God says, and it's your responsibility to receive that to fight through the, the, the struggles, the temptations, the doubt, to, to struggle through that and say, you know what, God, I receive that truth. I receive what you're saying to me today. So here's a few things I just want to share from this passage. The first thing is this. God's word instructs us to, to not be afraid, stand firm. Don't be afraid, stand firm. Here's verse 13. is what it says. Moses answered the people, Don't be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance that your Lord will bring you today. I think that's one of God's encouragements to each one of us today, is stand firm, don't be afraid. Stand firm, don't be afraid. Um, I don't think we think about it a whole lot, but imagine in those times having an obstacle like the Red Sea in front of you. Um, I want you guys to think about it for just a second. How many rivers did you cross on the way to come here today? Four. Okay, so you have thought about this. You don't know. Okay, no, it's just, okay, random. But I was reading a book to my daughters a few months ago about the pioneering days and how these wagon trains would take, uh, would explore out west, right? They would go and travel to settle the western parts of the United States. And there weren't bridges, uh, and there are oftentimes rivers and creeks that they had to cross, but you don't realize how big of a deal that is in our current day. Like, even just the smallest river, if you have a wagon train of oxen and a a covered wagon, you don't just cross over. There's not bridges, right? When you come to a water obstacle, it is an obstacle you can't get through or can't get past. And think about the rivers that we have around us if we didn't have bridges. So we have the Clinton River, which is a main one, right? It runs through Mount Clemens. There's lots of other areas. Um, Think about the St. Clair River. Without the bridges, we, we, would, we wouldn't be able to get to Canada. We wouldn't be able to cross these areas. We'd be stopped. How far would you have to go to get around the Clinton River? You'd have to go at least out to Oxford and Lake Orion, probably even further to get around the Clinton River to get where you wanted to get to. Does this make sense? And then we think of things like um, Stony Creek. It's not just a metro park. All right, there's, a, there's a reason behind the name Stony Creek. Because there is a creek called Stony, all right, Stony Creek, uh, the Paint Creek Trail, same thing. It's not just a paved path. They didn't call it the Paint Creek. There's a creek called the Paint Creek, and they made a trail by it, <laughs> the Paint Creek Trail. So all these things are obstacles and, and things in the way. But God says to the Israelites as they're facing the Egyptian army and they're facing the Red Sea, Stand firm, do not be afraid. That is God's encouragement to you. Stand firm, don't be afraid. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing, let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord 
is not in vain. The second thing that we pull from this text is this. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I love that verse. That's a, that's a coffee mug kind of verse. Uh, it comes from verse 14. And it says that, that specific thing. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. I'm going to take a quick trip uh, down memory lane. My wife, uh, when she was in high school, she was a lifeguard. We've got some pictures of that. She's going to love these being shared uh, in service. But this is Ray Lynn, probably a junior or senior in high school. And she had this job at the local pool as a lifeguard. Go ahead and go and show the next, next picture. And uh, just for some points, uh, Ray Lynn, you have not changed a bit uh, at all. Um, and uh, just, so it's just really cool. But we talked about this a few times, and she shared some things with that she got in her training, that um, the way for a per- if a person is struggling and fighting when they're drowning, the rescuer can't rescue them. The lifeguard can't rescue them. In fact, there's actually a technique that um, oftentimes a drowning swimmer will panic and will try to climb a lifeguard and actually end up pushing the lifeguard down, possibly even drowning the lifeguard. So they teach lifeguards a technique whereby they actually grab the person and they go under the water with them purposely to get that person to like let go of their grip on the lifeguard. And then you grab the person in almost like a full Nelson or like a, almost like a chokehold a little bit, not to strangle them and block their airways, but to basically kind of uh, put them in a position where they can't drown the lifeguard as well. And then you can swim safely with them um, as they're kind of floating on their back. Um, it's just amazing to me, that whole concept, right? That if you're struggling, um, you might drown other people around you. But the best way in our relationship with God, God says, rest, rest. I will fight for you. I will fight for you. The thing we have to do is surrender, right? That's what God calls us to. This passage reminds us that the best way to get rescued is to relax, to stop panicking and pause and praise God and let the rescuer do the rescuing. Let God rescue us the way that he can. And for the Israelites, they were freaking out, and I, we would be too. They were stuck between an Egyptian army coming to kill them or at, at best take them back as slaves, and they've got the Red Sea in front of them that they cannot cross, and they're stuck between a rock and a hard place, and God says, I want you to relax. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to fight for you. I wonder how many battles we're trying to fight on our own, and God says he's going to fight for us. We need only to be still. And the next thing that we see, number three, is that neither went near the other all night long. This is uh, from Exodus 14, verse 20. It's a really cool part of the story. Um, It says, Coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel through the night, the cloud brought darkness to the one side and brought light to the other side. So God creates this barrier between them Uh, because they didn't have time yet to cross the Red Sea, so God puts a buffer between them. And so all throughout the night, um, God separates the armies of Egypt and the people of Israel uh, by this cloud, this this protection. And on the one side of this cloud, there's darkness. Which side do you want to guess that that was? The Egyptian side, right? And on the one side, there was light. Why would there be light? Don't they want to sleep right now? No, they're preparing to cross the Red Sea. So on the one side is darkness and confusion. On the other side is light and illumination. God is providing that for us. So all night, neither one of them could come close to each other because God was protecting them. God kept them separate. 
And the truth that we take away from this is that we are protected in Christ Jesus. That the enemy can't touch you, the enemy can't do things to you that God doesn't allow. So we can trust that, that you are protected, that he will only allow things for his glory and for your good. A few years ago, uh, I had to get my wisdom teeth out. I'm going to flatter you with a picture uh, from the aftermath. Uh, they took these two little ice packs and just strapped them to my head uh, to help with the swelling. Uh, you, guys, you guys feel bad? You guys feel sad for me? You guys have compassion on me? But they put me out uh, with, with a, an IV and they, you know, gave me the medicine to make me go to sleep so they could do the surgery, and I was out like that. Um, it took about, per, the whole procedure took about 15 minutes and Ray Lynn was walking me to the car. It was kind of when I first remember, had memories of waking up from that. And I was kind of stumbling to the car, and uh, I kept asking her, did they get them all? Did they get them all? She's like, yes, 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 they got them all. And, and she put me in the car, and we went home. Uh, but I was completely helpless in that situation, right? I didn't know what was going on. Um, I could not protect myself. I needed an advocate to protect me. And, and in this story, God is saying to Israel, I am your advocate. You cannot protect yourself adequately. Israel is no match for Egypt. And oftentimes we are no match for the things that we find ourselves up against. We, we just have to admit we're not a match for it. You can't handle it, right? Welcome to Evidence Church. You can't handle it. By yourself, you can't handle it. But God says he will fight for you and he will protect you. So God is their protector. This is a great spiritual truth and reality that you are protected in Jesus Christ. Would you say amen to that? Would you guys please receive that? I'm throwing you the pass. Take that. Receive that. Here's number, uh, number four. The waters were divided. This comes from verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. And all that night the Lord drove back the sea with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. And the waters, would you guys say it with me? The waters were divided. The waters represent uh, whatever is standing in front of us. The waters ultimately represent our sin that separates us from God. But the waters were divided. The waters parted. God parted the waters. Um, there's a song that we sing that we're going to sing at the end of our service today that's called No Longer Slaves. And the chorus says, You split the sea so that I could walk right through it. God takes the things that, that keep us from him, that hold us back, that are part of the curse that we have on us, and he splits the sea and makes a way for us to move forward. And in your life right now, whatever you're facing, God will do the same exact thing. Uh, my favorite part of the, the death resurrection of Jesus is the Bible describes that when he's on the cross, there's an earthquake that takes place. Darkness comes over the earth, and in the middle of the afternoon, darkness comes over the earth, and there's an earthquake that happens. The Bible gives us the amazing details that in the temple, in the Jewish temple, uh, there's this huge curtain that exists between people and the place that they said that God's presence was, the Holy of Holies. And nobody could enter that place except for one person, uh, the high priest, and he had to cleanse himself, he had to wash himself, and only he could go in there. That represent, so old, normal people like you and I could not go and be in the presence of God. But when that earthquake happened, the Bible reminds us that that, that, temp, that curtain was torn from top to bottom. 
that that represents that the way has been made for us to have a relationship with God. I love that imagery. That's so powerful. The waters were divided. The dividing wall that existed between God and man, Jesus took care of, and we now have access to God. All right, number five. We'll finish up um, after we've got six total. The Israelites, number five, the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground. Is that what it says in verse 22? And the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. Have you guys ever been in a, a former like riverbed or a, a, a dried up riverbed or even like walking in, in a, a lake? The water's really mucky, right? But this is unusual that God provides enough wind, enough dryness so that it's completely dry. When they walk across this riverbed of the Red Sea, it's dry. They don't come out with mud on their shoes. They come out on the other side with no residue at all of that part of the journey. God brings them through the other side untouched, no shoes muddy, nothing like that. It reminds me of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the Old Testament where they get thrown into the fiery furnace and uh, God miraculously saves them from it and they bring them out and they, they comment in scripture that they don't even smell like smoke. Not only were they not consumed in the fire, but they didn't have any residue. Now, have you ever been camping before? You come back from camping, you have a bonfire. How long does it take for your clothes to not smell like smoke? It takes, yeah, even if you wash them, it just it lingers, right? It just lingers, that smell of smoke the entire time. But what this is, is reminding us that we will come through the challenges of our life, and we will not even have to be impacted by them. Like, they'll help us to grow. We will be different people but they will not have a hold on us like, uh, like we think they will. They came through on dry ground. Isaiah 43, verses 1 and 2 says, Do not fear. God says, I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. I will go through challenges, and I will be better for it. That's what God does. Number six, lastly, says that the people feared the Lord, and they put their trust in him. I want to read a few verses, starting in verse 28. It says, the water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. And that day the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and they put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. So I don't know about you, but one of the things I think about as I read this part of the passage is, and I think it's right to think this way, but I ask the question, what about the Egyptians? Like, we have to recognize in this story, we've got the Israelites that God saves, we have the Egyptians that God destroys. So I think if you have a heart of compassion at all, you have to ask the question, what about the Egyptians, right? What about them? And the truth is that God is good and God is gracious. Um, 
the, Israel, the, the Egyptians had plenty of opportunities to turn to God, didn't they? The Egyptians, God gave them chance after chance after chance um, to, to turn to God and to be rescued. Um, the truth is that none of us deserve deliverance. None of us deserve forgiveness. Um, our sin separates us from God, but God in his grace gives us an opportunity, a way. He opens up a way for us to be saved. And God hardened Pharaoh's heart only after he had hardened his own heart. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure under it. We don't have excuses for our sin, but God does give us a Savior. He does give us a way out. He does give us a way to be made right. I'm going to close with this thought, and uh, actually, band, you guys can head on up. Here's the last thing I want to say as we close. I do believe that if God leads you to something, he will also lead you through it. Um, the context of chapter Exodus chapter 14 um, is obviously Exodus chapter 13 and Exodus chapter 15. <laughs> That's the context. That's what's going on in the story. And if you know anything about the story of the Israelites as they leave Egypt, um, God starts to guide them during the day with a, a cloud. They follow this cloud that God is steering them through the desert to where he wants them to go. And at nighttime, he gives, us, gives them this pillar of fire. This, this fire guides them. And so we know that the Israelites in this situation are exactly where God had led them to. That's amazing to me. That God doesn't always lead us around trouble. Oftentimes he leads us through it. So we need to embrace that and say, okay, God, you have me in this moment, in this season, for some purpose. What is it? Help me to learn. Help me to grow. Help me to embrace it. Um, my parents may be watching. I don't know. They'll probably watch the 11 o'clock. I'm not sure. But uh, one of the things I love that my parents model for me that I just I see in their life as they go through different seasons and stages um, is they just embrace every new season that God has for them. Um, I find that to be a challenge for myself. Like as I get older and as my kids get older and as we go through 2020 and it's like, God, I don't want this stage or I don't want this season. But I think by faith, God would have us just embrace and say, you know what, God, I want everything that you have for me in this season right now. God, whatever it is, God, save me and change me through this and not from this. Um, this is a crazy thought, but... It, I don't know if you ever thought about this or not, but 2020 is not God's plan B. Like COVID-19 and global pandemic and uh, Black Lives Matter, like all this stuff is not like God going, oh man, we messed up. Like we got to return 2020 and start over. God, but 2020 is God's plan A. Like this is exactly where God wants us to be. And you'll, you, wherever you are is exactly where God wants you to be as he's shaping and molding your life. So we want to say, God, we trust you. We lean into this. You are the one who delivers us. You are the one who saves us. So I want us to pray. Uh, I want us to pray. If you are a follower of Jesus, I want you to 
Um, just trust that God is your deliverer. And if you haven't committed your life to Christ, I want to encourage you to pray that prayer from your heart that says, God, please forgive me of my sin. Please come into my life. Please change me. Please make me brand new. So we're going to pray together, and then we're going to, uh, to sing together, and then we're going to baptize uh, Karen, and uh, we're going to celebrate that together. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you that you are the God who is faithful. You are the God who is in control of all things. God, while we don't understand challenges and fear and pressure, you know, God, we can trust that you are saving us through it, that you are helping us to grow um, as we get through. God, that means that every single struggle in my life, whether it's a parenting struggle or a, a self-leadership struggle um, or a relationship struggle, whatever it is, God, I pray you'd help me to lean into that and you will, you will help me to grow and progress through the pain. God, help us to grow. Transform us. Thank you for fighting for me. Thank you for splitting the sea that I could walk right through. Thank you for forgiveness in Jesus Christ. Thank you that I am whole and made right with you. That I, have, I, have, I am free from shame and guilt. I'm not perfect, God, but I am chosen by you. We love you. We thank you. We celebrate these things. You are good. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.